Welcome back to Pop Culture Failure, where we watch a thing from our youth and see how it stands up. And guys, we're finishing Animorphs today. We uh, Our wildly out-of-order journey through the Animorphs <laughs> is over. And only part of it was our fault. I'm Sky. I'm Jake. And I just already told you the thing that we're doing. Um, it's Animorphs, right? Yeah. Okay. In honor of us watching everything out of order, I said the thing I usually say out of order. It's It's really cute, really, when you think about it. <laughs> I am cute. Anywho... We're watching the front. I gotta say, I enjoyed this episode. It's not a lot the more worst than the episode, rest. Yeah, the Yerks have a. I don't want to say competent plan, but it makes the most cartoon logic. And the Animorphs have a gumball machine. <laughs> they sure do. Well, at least Axe does. Yeah. I don't think any of the other Animorphs saw that. Oh yeah. Well, at one point they were in there with it. Yeah, but I don't they know don't if they, they knew. knew what it was. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, we'll get there. We will. Probably. Yeah. No promises. The world could end before we're done recording. So or we'll we see. could just finally have a meltdown. <laughs> Do you think some at some point we're going to find a piece of fiction that we both hate to the point where we just stop the podcast and watch something else instead? Um, I don't know. You want to do Beetleborgs? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I guess I guess we found that then. <laughs> huh. I bet it's Jonah Hex, though. Uh, that's only one movie, though. Yeah. So I don't think it, I think it's got to be something that tries on our souls week after week. Mm. Well, we we made it all the way through in humans. That's true. That was a struggle. I think if it was another hour long show, it would it, I would be done. I can't do that again. <laughs> it's too. It makes me sweaty. It's fucking forty five minutes of watching it, then fucking at least an hour of talking about it. It's so long. It makes me so hot and sweaty thinking about it. Are you sure you're not just thinking about a girl you like? I just might be hot and sweaty, honestly. I mean, that does... It's real hot out. It does sound like you, and it is stupid hot out. Yeah. Even though it's almost fall. It's still like 20 days away. Yeah, but... Don't worry, Katie hung a sign on our door that says, Hello, fall. So she's trying to lure it in. <laughs> so she's one of those girls that likes fall a lot, then. She's, you mean a girl? Fair enough. Pumpkin spice. Yes. I don't. I don't get the appeal, but I guess it's it's just not for me. It's fine. I don't. Yeah, I'll I mean, drink a pumpkin spice beer this uh, fall, and I'll be <laughs> over it. But I'll have to buy six of them. So, uh, come, <laughs> you can throw the other five at cars. Yeah, come next. Well, I'll I'll sit on them until next spring, and then I'll throw them away. <laughs> <laughs> I won't actually sit on them. They'll be in the fridge. I meant like a metaphor or something. Oh, you know, metaphor guy. I used to. Oh. This is all one big, been one big metaphor. For what? Time. Yes. So, uh, the front. So we open up on the mall where there's food, fun, and fashion. Yeah. Uh, so much of this takes place in the, like, so much of this show takes place in the mall, and I appreciate it. <laughs> well, it was the late 90s. Yeah. It, early 2000s, even. Perhaps. Um, X. Marco and Jake are all at the mall, but they are not keeping nearly a close enough eye on Axe as they need to be. Right. Uh, but it's because Marco is busy listing all the things he loves, and all those things are malls. <laughs> well, he has three things that he loves, and it's, it's malls, malls. Malls. Also malls. And, and, and malls. malls. But then uh, a pair of girls walk by, and Jake's just like, well, what about girls? And then Marco's like, oh, uh, we can add on a fourth, and it'll be girls. Marco's super gay for malls, but he'll make an exception for girls. <laughs> right. And then they ask Axe what he thinks in regards to attraction to human girls. Did Tobias... This this was 
in order. It's before Tobias knows that he's an alien, partially. So they don't know that Andalites are attracted to humans. Just seems like a weird thing to put him on the spot and ask him about. Um, is this before? Yes. He's a human? Yes. I don't Who knows? Um, <laughs> but he does make a comment later about Melissa Chapman being cute. So yeah, he's learned I, to he's learned to appreciate the human form. I guess. He was taking art classes Yeah, when he dips out. So Axe has wandered off into some electronics store. And he's eating a, something that he found. Now, note that this electronics store looks like an actual business. <laughs> yeah, they may have borrowed a Radio Shack for a moment. It uh, it doesn't look like um, a fucking craft setup at a at <laughs> like a the store market. he'll get a job in. Yes, <laughs> but there's a there's a wall of TVs like in every cartoon or comic book that needs exposition, and or any a... K's merchandise, which <laughs> no longer exist. Okay. No, uh, you mean Kmart? I said it no longer exists. That that falls under that umbrella oh, okay. as well. But uh, there's some consumer report guy on the on the TV. Remember him. He'll come in handy later. Yeah, keep that in your pocket. There's some actual foreshadowing, I suppose, in this. Yeah, they tried a little. And X imitates the announcer guy and then goes into a weird audio tick. And then some guy who looks like a, a young discount version of Jack McBriar comes up to help X. And X wants a boombox. Yeah, I'm not he- sure what for. To listen to music, man. <laughs> when he jazzercises. <laughs> but the little boy tells him it's two hundred and fifty dollars, so he Well, he says it's two fifty. Oh yeah, he says it's two fifty. So Axe rightfully hands him two dollars and fifty cents. Apparently he either possessed or manifested two dollars and fifty cents. Uh, or murdered Apparently, and stole. That's possible also. He is a monster that lives in the woods. <laughs> yes, but uh I I don't know if it's better or worse that his body can also manifest coins. <laughs> it's worse. So then this little fucker who works here, instead of just explaining, like, no, I meant $250, like, screams at Axe when he tries to take it. Yeah. Like, this is not on Axe. This is on that man. <laughs> Axe is clearly a, a mildly retarded foreigner. Uh, and Yeah, he's he's clearly on the spectrum, like, just in his mannerisms and lack of eye contact. You can tell there's something a bit off. Yeah. So don't yell at him. Just be like, oh no, I meant $250. Yeah, but uh, as they're having a tug of war over the boombox that looked like it was probably way too light, uh, Marco and uh, Jake come over and save the day and explain the situation. And Axe is very, very upset. Rightfully so. (laughs) They explain to him what a job is and how money works, kind of. Uh, except Jake is under the impression the harder that you work, the more you get paid, which isn't my experience. I think it's the opposite. Yeah. That's the American experience. Because no, if you're working hourly, it doesn't matter how hard you work, you're going to get paid the same. Yeah. $5 an hour is $5 an hour. Yep. That's how much Axe gets paid later. I make more than $5 an hour. <laughs> Indeed. Um, I just need you to know that, Sky. <laughs> sure. That's why I keep asking for a Patreon. I'm so hungry. <laughs> we'll see. So Axe decides he's going to get a job, and the Animorphs aren't like, that's a terrible idea. How about we just get you, like, a, a small radio or something? Right? Like, I don't know why he desperately needs a job so bad. Maybe he's trying to do research on humans? Or he's just fucking bored. I mean, that seems extremely likely, but that's why they got him that tiny TV. That's true. He gave that up. Oh, I guess you're right. He did say he was giving that up. That's why he needed a boombox. 
In the books, he says that mu- human music is terrible. This isn't the books. Maybe he likes guy. talk radio. Yeah. Maybe he just needs to know when it's going to fucking rain because he lives in the woods. <laughs> That's fair. So we come back and Axe is just wandering by himself in the mall. And there's a lady yelling at a shopkeeper about a watch. Apparently she just bought it and she can't get it to work. Probably because she didn't like read the directions because she's had it for 10 minutes. But uh, Axe notices and walks over and then he starts just ma- palm mashing all the buttons. Because it's clearly just a calculator watch, but eventually X gets it to turn into a TV. Is it supposed to be a TV watch, or does he <laughs> just know how to make things into TVs? Um, well, he once magnetized a card just by rubbing it on him, so maybe he can just manifest TVs. Because no one seems that surprised that it's a TV watch. Well, I mean, that would make sense that the lady who bought it would know it was a TV watch, and the yeah. guy who owns the store would also know that i don't know but she doesn't even say thank you she just nods at him and walks away now let's talk about the man who owns the store for a second (laughs) he's wearing sunglasses inside that are yellow yes like yellow lensed glasses i mean Mm -hmm. his shirt doesn't have a traditional collar i don't don't know what you call that kind of collar that i have no idea either it's like it's like he's from the future or something yeah um, and then he's wearing a necklace over the top of it that seems to have a coin hanging from it. I believe that's a medallion. Oh, a medallion. That's the word. Um, he's dressed like Eurotrash. Yeah, he sure is. Um, <laughs> His name's Gustav. That's what makes me think Eurotrash. Yeah. So he's just like, hey, kid who just came over and did the thing, how about you uh, work for me? I mean, if you have a shitty electronics store, you you do need someone who understands electronics and Sometimes that's how people get a job, man. I guess. But he hires him without asking his name. Well, there is that. Or even giving X his name. So X is just like, yeah, you're going to pay me with money? And then the guy is like, yeah, yeah, I'll give you $5 an hour in commission. And X doesn't ask what that is. That's probably pretty good for the year 2000. Probably. Or whatever year this was. It's 2000. <laughs> so, um... Yellow glasses guy leads Axe into this really poorly designed pretend store. Like, so there are like cage walls that have paper. Yeah, uh, construction paper hanging from them, and then cameras stuck to the construction paper or video game controllers. Uh huh. And then little signs on them. Like that they, one's for a Dreamcast. <laughs> they look like art installations almost. <laughs> they do. Also, the guy points at these two cameras and says that they're digital. One of them is clearly a disposable camera they painted black. It sure is. The other one actually does have a digital screen and is enormous. It's the size of a Game Gear. <laughs> Do you think there are any Game Gears in there? Maybe. I don't know if Sega died yet. So they're like, yeah, we got foot massagers also for some reason. these. <laughs> yeah, not like a, an electric foot massager like you'd think. <laughs> it's just wood with ball, like wheels and beads. Uh, but there's also, like, cell phones and squirt guns for some reason. Uh, and an electric chess set. And Axe picks up one of the squirt guns and it makes, like, electronic sounds? Yep, as though it's powering up like a flash. Uh, and Gustav runs over and is like, no, 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 it's a proto-blaster demo. It shoots water. Why what? would you have a water-filled <laughs> Why would gun be... in a fucking electronics store why would it be sky? ready i don't know there are five different times of squirt guns in there there sure are <laughs> why 
Get your shit together, Gustav. This is why you're going to go out of business. Well, I don't know if that's why. Well, at this point, Axe has already been hired. Uh, he didn't need to sign any paperwork, which is illegal as fuck. It's a different time. He's guessing getting paid under the table. Um, and then Axe is like, so what is your name? And he's, I'm Gustav. And then he finally introduces himself as Axe. Or Axe wanders off to look at something else, and there's like a little bit of a clatter, and we see Gus run off after it. So, we cut over to Siberia. Marco is still playing the Beast Wars game. And failing at it. Because he sucks. Or maybe the game does. It's probably the game that sucks. Everybody, I guess, is playing on Axe's dime? I guess so. Because, uh, and- like, Marco fails the game, and he's like, I'll never pass this level. And Mark or Axe asks him if he wants to, him to buy more quarters. I mean, that's the best guy to have around is a guy who literally has no expenses because he lives in the <laughs> woods. So, Well, it depends on how you met that guy who lives in the yeah, woods. Yeah, I guess that's true. But Jake and Marco like, like are like, hey, working man, like, look yeah. at you go. And then Tobias congratulates Axe on the job in the most insincere fashion. Yeah. Like, fuck By you, not Tobias. even looking up. He's busy playing a game. Yeah, he's a dip, dipshit. And Marco and Jake... Are both like, you know, you don't have to keep buying us stuff. You can save your money. What is the goal with this job, Axe? You wanted to buy a boombox. And now you work at an electronic store. Just have the guy... Just steal one like yeah. any normal person would. <laughs> but whatever. Uh, but uh, Melissa walks in. Melissa Chapman. Remember her? It's been a while before. since we've seen her. Um, and then Axe... Luckily they tell us she's Melissa Chapman because I would not have remembered. Nor would I have because she was in the one episode. But Axe does identify her as a cute human person. And they speculate over whether or not she's a controller. It's the closest we'll get to see Axe try and finger someone until he dances with Marco in that last He's got all those extra fingers. So, (laughs) um, Axe says she's not a controller. I would see it in her eyes. Keep that in your pocket. There's a lot of things in our pockets for this episode. (laughs) Just the two so far. Uh, The squirt gun also you want to keep in your pocket. Yeah. Okay, so three. Uh, I hope we remember to bring all those things out of our pockets. Me too. Um, Otherwise the end won't make any sense. Right, so they're like, I, we think she's fine, but Captain Yerk is over there, and it's Tom. They're concerned because Chapman made the deal, but they're wondering if Tom's going to try and yerk her. Yeah, he's going to yerk her off good. <laughs> which is such an unfortunate phrasing. Say infest, because at one point they say maybe Tom got permission from Chapman to yerk her. It really sounds like he had asked her dad if it was okay if he boned down with his daughter. He's Sometimes you gotta ask a dad if you can yerk their daughter off. I guess so. But uh, from there, I guess it's the next day because Axe has different clothes somehow, and he's at work. Well, he has the money to buy them now. I guess. Or also, he seemingly gets paid in cash. Yeah. Um, because he had money immediately. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I guess he doesn't have a social security card um, or an also, ID of any kind. I mean, we find out that there's no real cash register that. He just takes money out of a money box, so it's super easy to steal from, since there's no real way to keep track of the money. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's one of those fire safety cabinet safes. I honestly chest. thought it was a cooler at first. <laughs> no, I have a safe like that. Yeah, once they pull away, I realize what it was, but um, the top looks like a cooler. It really does. But uh, some fella's buying a thing, and he asks ask, Axe, to gift wrap it, which was a difficult sentence to say. Axe doesn't super understand that concept. He just well, kinda... he didn't get trained. Yeah, he's like Gustav's just disappeared immediately. He's like, oh, we got a guy here. I'm bu- I'm out. So 
an axe is not from here. So he just and, wraps some purple around it and, and the hands ra- it to the guy. The wrapping paper seems to be some sort of uh, like insulation from inside a like a drink cooler, a <laughs> lunchbox or something. Yeah, I don't know what it, what it is, but Axe covers it up at least and hands it to the guy. And I, I appreciate the guy not yelling at him. Right? Because he can tell that something's not yeah, quite Yeah, this right. guy gets it. And plus, look at all that free wrapping paper he scored. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I do appreciate him just being calm and being cool and looking concerned. He's like, I don't think this kid should be running the store himself and then leaves anyway. Yeah, but it's not my problem. Yeah. So, uh, Jake and Cassie roll in. Cassie wore her best sweatpants today. It's a different time, man. No, people do that a lot today also. Yeah, well. Um, and they're just like, we came to see you in your store. And X does some more talking about stuff. He tries to sell them a lot of different things. And then uh, he notices that he's almost out of time uh, in his morph. Don't the uh, Andalites have like an internal clock? Yep. Yes, they do. He literally has an external clock. <laughs> yep. He could have set an alarm on that watch. Uh, that's true. It's, it's... Uh, the back room of the store is just behind a curtain. Yep. It's got you some know, stuff back there. Because it's not a real store. Right. It's a. It's like a pop-up shop. It's like yeah. one of those Halloween stores that you see for uh, a month. less, like, legitimate seeming. <laughs> what makes you say that? It's... Uh, <laughs> Just everything about this store is sketchy as fuck. It, it really looks like is. a front for a drug ring. <laughs> well, I mean... We find out later that maybe it is. Yeah. Well, so X closes the curtain and he asks Jake and Cassie to cover for him, which seems like an idiom he wouldn't have known, but whatever. And then we get this really awful scene of Axe morphing. Uh, <laughs> Don't worry, I took a picture of it. I'll put it on Twitter. Okay, good. Because <laughs> where I stopped... the. The thing, it looks real gross. I don't know why they're so focused on leaving mouths, grimacing mouths on Andalite faces. Right? Until the last possible yeah, second. But we get a really clear shot of Axe as an Andalite for once. For and like a it split second. looks not great. There's a lot of seams. <laughs> but uh, Gustav shows back up and he's like, why aren't you helping the customers? And he, like, he pulls all the curtain and Axe has already morphed back. They make up a, a lame excuse about wanting light bulbs. They, I mean, they act a lot in this show like morphing takes like half an hour. They do. Jake and Cassie bail. Meanwhile, some business lady comes in. You know she's a business lady because she has a, a nice three-piece suit and a briefcase. And a business haircut. And a business attitude. She has no hesitation. She's like, I want to buy cell phones. So they, Gustav shows her one. And she holds it up to her ear. And then her eyes go dead. Her whole face goes dead. <laughs> and then she wants to order six of the cell phones. Even though it doesn't seem as though she has actually touched that cell phone to her ear. Also, I, well, at this point, I screamed at Sky, are there fucking yurks in those cell phones? <laughs> and then he giggled at me. I played coy for a little bit. Yeah, w- which you've all figured out. There are yurks in the cell phones, right? <laughs> uh, so she says, yeah. I'll take six of them. As gifts? What, what's the plan here? Because that's the yurk now. That's the yurk right. saying that. Exactly. But who is she going... How do you explain, I bought you this $500 cell phone? Yeah, so if someone knows how much cell phones cost in the year 2000, tell us. <laughs> it's probably a lot. We cut uh, to Jake's house where Tom is on the phone with Melissa. We will never find out why he's so intently trying to get Melissa yerked. Right. Because why bother explaining that? That's fine. But he calls 
Melissa and just asking her about whatever. Uh, I think he's asking her out to do, to uh, a movie tomorrow or lunch or whatever. Uh, Marco and Jake overhear this. So they decide to go to the mall. Well, I'm sorry. I was looking up how much cell phones cost. I already covered the scene. I'm just waiting for it to move on to the next point. Oh, okay. Um, and then uh, Tom uses this giant-ass cell phone to call Chapman. And he's like, we need to talk. He's like, not right now. It's like, bro, you called him. But uh, they're going to have a discussion of some sort. About what? Probably Melissa. But we'll never find out. Yeah, it looks uh, like a cell phone around that time costs between like $800 and $1,000. Yep, sir. Even like even half off, that's still a lot of money. I mean, that's how much our phones cost. Yeah, just, and it's a lot of money. They just trick us into paying for it a little bit at a time. <laughs> it's very nice of them. It is. Um, I got mine half off, though. Do you think there was a yerk in it? Do you think I've been yerked off and I don't even know it? <laughs> oh, crud. I mean, probably. Did you find a tiny slug coming out of you at any point? No, but... So far. Do you find that? Yeah. Well, do you remember waking up in a subterranean hellscape? Yeah, but that happens so often. <laughs> yeah, because you're a yerk. Oh, no. You want to tie me to this chair for a couple days? <laughs> I may have to. <laughs> Katie, tell her I can't come home. Or Whatever. go home you got a, and you got a three day weekend. <laughs> I'd rather you take my clothes and go home and pretend to be me. Hey, Katie, I'm Jake. <laughs> don't, don't, don't. I'm going to shave your beard and glue it to my face. <laughs> She'll uh, never know. There's ice cream sandwiches. Just constantly talk about how we have ice cream sandwiches. She won't know the difference. Huh. Luckily, the dog likes me too. Yeah. Actually, he likes you too much. So that'll be the giveaway. <laughs> the dog's really fond of you lately. Yeah, I don't know, man. That's me as you doing me. I think that's pretty spot on. Yeah, I think so. So, um, Jake and Marco decide that they're going to follow Tom to figure out whatever shenanigans he's up to. And to do so, they decide to morph bats that they, like, Marco forgot that he had acquired? I guess so. Well, they have to play it like that because we don't know they did it at any point. Yeah, we, I guess they, they just built up a whole morph arsenal and never told us. By morph arsenal, you mean various lizards and, um... <laughs> yeah, like 15 different lizards. Yeah. Cats, Rachel and has cats rodents. top to down, or top to bottom. Uh, and at least one skunk. Do Jake's parents store all of their pots and pans directly on the stove at all times? <laughs> no, they were slow cooking stuff. Oh, okay. What about that empty frying pan? <laughs> that was, uh, heating up for, uh... Enchiladas. Hamburgers. Um, so Jake and Marco have no trouble finding wherever it is that they ended up with Yeah, I don't fully Tom. understand what's happening, but they follow Tom somewhere, I guess? Yeah. Even though the footage that we see of them flying is over the woods and not, like, following a car or something. Everything is on the other side of the woods in this town. <laughs> yeah. But we end up in a warehouse, I guess, where Tom and Chapman... A warehouse that is too... Big boxes in it, and that's it. Not even <laughs> yeah. that big. Uh, and Gustav is there also. And they, uh, they're they discussing a shipment, and they realize that uh, it's not about Melissa. And there's a couple of goons also there with Drake on flashlights. And uh, they discuss the plan involving the, the, the cell phones and how if you can't bring the, the humans to the Yurks, you bring the Yurks to the human. Duh. They say that a lot in this episode. There's at least three times. So they open up the the boxes, which were not taped shut. Well, there is duct tape on them, but they they were not closed though. Yeah. So Marco decides he's going to get a closer look and drops down, and then there's this scene of these men 
waving flashlights around at the ceiling and not actually firing the Dracon beams. So, the... I guess the Dracon beams are disguised as flashlights, so it's not weird that they're carrying them. I guess. Because they seem to be just functioning as flashlights at this yes. point. They're dual-purposed. Apparently. And then Marco makes the comment that he feels like the Millennium Falcon in the Death Star. Yeah. Avoiding nothing as he flies in a circle. Um, Does he mean the, the second Death Star? That's a little more apt uh, comment, but it still doesn't really make any sense. Yeah. Well... In the Bat book, they flew through a cave and they had to use their echolocation to not smash into stuff. And I think it's Rachel what says that it was so Death Star. Which made more sense because they were moving at a quick speed through an enclosed area. Yes. Whereas here, they're in an open ceiling that has maybe like a couple of pipes hanging from it. Yeah. And there were dudes yelling and flashing lights at them. But, I don't know, they escape and Chapman's just like, well, maybe they were just bats. You fucking moron. You're. This is why everyone hates yeah. you. This is why that child outranks you <laughs> uh but they're like whatever and uh jake and marco escape and they're like, so the there's definitely cell phones full of yerks let's go do something i guess yeah they don't state their plans out loud but we it's the next day i think and now axe has a crazy collared shirt on <laughs> well it has a collar it's just got this weird awkward opening in it it's it's not a traditional collar, though. Yeah. He should be wearing a tie to make it less weird. But Tom is at his store, and he is picking up a cellular telephone uh, at half question mark price for a girl he's not even dating. A girl that he's trying to yerk off. <laughs> yes. Which he shouldn't even have to ask Chapman's permission. He outranks Chapman. Yes. And also, he is physically, like, two feet taller than this little girl. He could just knock her out or bring an Altoid tin full of yerk and just smash yeah, it into her ear. You don't even have to try that hard. You just sneak up behind someone and hold it near their ear and it goes right in. Yeah. But whatever. He hands her the the package that Axe wrapped up. It was better than the first try. It's true. He is, imp- he is improving. It is day three for him. And uh, Jake... He's killing it. Jake and Marco show up and they're like, so here's what we did last night. We got a little batty. Waka waka. <sighs> Oh, but then they tell him Gustav is a controller. And he says, no, I work with him every day. I would see it in his eyes. <gasps> then he his has glasses. The revelation that his stupid yellow tinted glasses are what threw him off. And that's so dumb. And I kind of love it. So just like, uh, so the cell phones are full of yurks. And then to emphasize the point, X picks up one of the cell phones that's just there, not in a box or anything. None of them are in a box. No, uh, the one that Melissa does and the ones that they were pulling out of the box at the warehouse were in boxes. The one that uh, Tom has for Melissa is in, uh, like, a gift box. It's not in, like, a cell phone box. We don't know what they looked like. Ugh, they didn't look like that with no <laughs> writing on it. Um, so, X opens the thing for uh, of the cell phone. It's one of those old flip phones that just has, like, a little door over the keys. Um, the screen clearly says, no service. But also clearly has full service. Yes. Okay. It's very clearly a sticker because it also has a phone number on there and X did not dial any. Yeah. Um, and there's a Lego on it. A picture of a Lego. <laughs> I think that's a battery. Oh. But X goes to put it near his ear and Jake stops him and X looks at the receiver and there's a yerk crawling out of it and then he like spits at it and then knocks it out on the floor and steps on it and grinds it into the carpet. Let me ask you this guy. 
They got teeny tiny little uh, Candrona rays in those phones or something? I don't know. I don't know how... Because what is Gustav coming in, emptying all the Yerks out every three days and putting them back in later? Yes. Oh, okay. Um, my, my concern here is that Yurk um, was a sentient creature and X murdered it without hesitation or remorse. Well, that's what his uh, species does, though, so... Yeah, but Jake and Marco also don't say anything. Well, what do they fucking care? I guess. It just seems weird that our main character has just murdered some someone <laughs> without a, a second thought. Well, you know. Yeah, they discussed if you can't bring the Yurks to the... Or the humans to the Yurks, bring the Yurks to the humans. And then Max says, Max? Max uh, tells Jake that Melissa just got a phone from your brother. So Jake hatches a plan to go ruin their date. Yeah, Jake straps on his Captain Buzzkill helmet. He does a really good job. He really does. Meanwhile, And he tells Marco to call Eric and bring him here to help with whatever. And right before Melissa puts the phone to her ear, Jake runs over and turns on full annoying little brother mode. Tom is really convincing at a guy who wants to yerk a girl off who doesn't want to be yerked off. <laughs> yes. Yes, he is. So Jake decides that uh, he's just going to hang out with them the whole day. And Tom is annoyed, to say the least. But Melissa looks a little relieved to me. Yeah, because this guy who's only a little bit older than her but looks like he's 15 years older <laughs> than her is trying to yerk her off. Yeah. She's just trying to hang out on a mall with her uh, cardigan and her uh, choker that's the same fabric as her dress. <laughs> To be fair, he did call her and ask her to come to the mall. That's true. But she's scared of him. Well, so I would she be says too. No. He's an alarming fella. She's his dad's boss. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Jake starts being a douche by mentioning old girlfriends, and then he uh insinuates that Tom, you know, is a philanderer. Um <laughs> like your old timey talk. I'm a very old man. I like to insinuate that this gentleman is a philanderer if I could. Hanging out with you is just like watching Downton Abbey. <laughs> Thank you, I think. You have just as many servants. <laughs> None? No, they have lots of servants. Okay. So, um, eventually, servants. Melissa has had enough, and she's like, I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go home. This is super weird. Um, I don't think I can accept your cell phone, because yeah. this is very expensive. Who, first of all, who am I going to call? None of my friends have cell phones. Right. Because we're children in the year 2000. <laughs> what am I, a businessman trying to call my cocaine dealer? <laughs> Sell stocks. Buy stocks. Yeah. Did you get the stocks? At this point, Tom starts being kind of a, a needy little bitch, kind of. Because he's like, well, I just thought that you could use it even if we don't do. And then Rachel and Tobias walk up. And Rachel saves the day. Yeah. Tobias doesn't, because Tobias is fucked. He's the fucking most useless person in the world. But um, Rachel's just like, hey, we haven't seen each other in a while. And Melissa's like, hey, I'm going to go home right now. And Rachel's like, I'll go with you. It's very clearly that, you know, I telegraphed, help me, you're another girl. Because yeah. men are the worst. Uh, and girls have that whole thing, I think. Yes. To be like, this guy is the worst. This very old As man they should. is trying to get me to touch his phone. I don't want to. So He's trying to yerk me off. <laughs> you told me to get it all out in this episode. I did. I did. Uh, so th they go back to Melissa's house. Melissa has a bathroom attached to her uh, bedroom because she's cool as fuck. Either that or she just uh, switched. This is the master bedroom. She called it like... Uh, like dibs. Like, yeah, like in Mean Girls. Uh, so like she sets the box with the cell phone down and Rachel's just like, so are you two like dating? And Melissa's like, no, uh, he's, he 
He's too old for me. He's a weird older guy who bought me a cell phone. It's super weird. I met him on the internet. This was the time when it was not okay to meet someone at, on the internet. Yeah, and now it's almost required. <laughs> yeah. She is very off-put by this very expensive gift. She should return and keep the money and get something cool. Yeah. So she goes to she dials three numbers, which maybe she was dialing four one one or nine one one. Nine one one. I have this cell phone. I need to return nine one one. What's your emergency? Uh, Old man gave me a cell phone. <laughs> but uh, Rachel grabs it from her and says, "Oh, it's not on," even though it beeped when she pressed the buttons. Yeah, well. And then she fakes having to barf and runs into the bathroom because she before Melissa came out, she did crack open the cell phone and saw the yerk in it. So. To be, even though they are the size of a brick, they are durable because that girl cracked it in half and it's still dialed. That's true. Can't do that with an iPhone. You can't do anything to an iPhone. If I sneeze on it wrong, it quits. <laughs> so, uh, That's Rachel... not true. I drop it all the time. <laughs> it's fine. But Rachel drops the yerk in the toilet and it looks like a piece of poop. And then she sure flushes. does. Uh, this would not kill the yerk, I don't think. Because they're, they, they swim a lot. But do they swim in water? I don't know. I don't think it would kill it. But either way, it's it's not like they're looking for that yerk, so it's going to definitely die in three days. Right. And it's, I mean, or less. when it hits the fucking sewage treatment plant, it gets covered in poos. <laughs> it'll definitely suffocate there. Yeah. It'll probably get sepsis or some sort of disease. Some the sort yerks, of poo-related disease. Yeah, the yerks can't possibly be prepared for human diseases. That's true. Right? Sneeze on one. It, it'll go iPhone on you. I mean, they're, <laughs> they're in the safety of the skull. Or in the yerk pool. So they can't be exposed that much. Unless it's like rabies that affects the brain. I don't know. Anyway, we cut back over to the the shitty electronic store where Axe works. And some guy wants to get a cell phone. And Axe says no. Yeah, he, he says, says they're I'm, out. I'm holding this one right here. And then there's a wall full of them behind me. But uh, apparently the store is giving them away for free with a monthly subscription. Which I don't know what that means. I don't know. Back then that seems like it would have been sketchy. Yeah. X says, come back in two or three of your Earth months and kicks him out of the store. Meanwhile, Eric shows up. Remember Eric? Getting a lot of callbacks. This is the callback episode. Sure is. And Eric is there to help? I guess. I don't know. Because he what doesn't he does. in the long run. He, he do- I don't know what he does, honestly. But they go into the back closet room. Behind the curtain. Behind the curtain. Where Oz is. And... Uh, X explains the situation and how there's cell phones with Yerks coming. And then Eric says, we have a saying on my planet that I can't say because it's too complicated into stupid human language. But uh, there's always a way out is basically what it means. That's not helpful at all, Eric. Right. Well, he says that. And then, well, first Gustav comes. Yeah. And Eric holograms himself into a gumball machine, which is funny but also, why not just turn into a pile of boxes? Right. That would be way less conspicuous, Eric. I don't, maybe his uh, RAM isn't very fast, so he has to go with the most <laughs> recent thing he just was. <laughs> he disguises himself as that so people will touch him in the middle parts there. I guess. It's a very tall gumball machine. It's true. But uh, Gustav uh, comes in basically to say, hey, we got more cell phones coming in. I'm going to go check on them. Yeah. Like, we, we see him walk in the store and then walk back out just for this purpose, but whatever. Uh, so once he leaves, Eric c- turns back into a, a real boy. But then his he, entire demeanor changes. Yeah, because then he's like, "We still don't know what we're gonna do." Even though, be- like moments before, what he he said, the last a way, thing, 
there's a way out of the of everything, right? Yep. The very last thing he said was, there's always a way out. And now he has completely forgotten that. You're right. He had to delete his RAM and he forgot what he said. Yep. That's exactly it. It takes a so, lot of work to turn into a gumball. I guess. But uh, he says, time is not on our side. And the, the phrase, on our side, triggers Axe's memory. And he repeats it a couple of times. And we cut to the next... No, we cut a couple hours later or it's, I whatever. Know, the, the free sh- the cell phone thing up. is tonight. And uh, the electronic store is called Upscale Accessories, I, I guess. guess so. And the Animorphs show up, and they're like, ah, oh, shit, we're too late. We tried nothing, and it didn't work. The man, is, uh, Gustav, is uh, opening the, like, the gate to the store, even though the store was already open. Maybe it was like an unveiling? I guess so. Oh, there's a metal detector behind him. Look at that. So he's like, let's give some cell phones away. And the Animorphs continue to do nothing. And then the guy from earlier, the news guy, Nate Lippman. It's Tobias's second line. He recognizes Nate Lippman. <laughs> it's Tobias's third line, I think. Um, and if, in case you forgot, he's the guy what does the customer research. Yeah, that was in our reports. pocket, if I recall. Yes, that was the first thing in our pocket. Uh, the other thing, I think, was glasses. Uh, oh, yeah. And then the next thing will be coming up in just one moment. So some anonymous tipster... Uh, called Nate Lipman and asked him to come and do a consumer report on this shitty cell phone store. Uh, come and do a shitty consumer report on this shitty cell phone store. Yeah. Lipman just takes a look around and then he starts bitching about the foot massagers and how they're just beads on sticks. Well, yeah, and that's $30. What those are. And it's like, yeah, that's how much it is and that's, that's, that's what it costs, man. Maybe it's really high end wood. We don't know. Yeah. And then he. Don't mocks. buy your fucking back massagers in an electronics store like this. <laughs> yeah. He mocks a, a fax pager. Um, a waterproof fax pager. Yeah. Wait. So you can get faxes in the bathtub? I guess. That's what the guy says. But then he's like, these are all shitty. And Gustav runs over. He's like, these are the highest quality products. And then he dares Nate Lippman to try a cell phone for himself because he's going to infest him. But then. As Nate is opening He's the thing. He's going to him on television. <laughs> well, I mean, we saw that lady get yerked earlier. And it was it, seamless. Pretty much. I mean, her face dropped, but aside from that, it was pretty seamless. Axe grabs the uh, the proto-blaster or whatever the fuck they call it. The Blastotron 9000, guy. Yes, sure. <laughs> and he squirts Nate Littman with it, and he, uh, he drops the cell phone, and it smashes open on the floor. And wouldn't you know it, there's a fucking slug in there. <laughs> And wouldn't you know it, standing next to Axe is a gumball machine. So Eric turned into a gumball machine at some point. And then we, they just, they don't acknowledge it. They don't. And here's the thing. He doesn't have to be hiding right now. No. The f- store is full of people and there are five kids just hanging out in the door. It would be fine if he was a people. But fine, be a gumball machine, man. When you did he you. turn into the gumball machine too? I, I don't... don't know. We didn't see him in there. There's just a gumball machine. <laughs> That's the best part. Nate Lippman is just like, yeah, these cell phones suck and this store sucks and it should be shut down immediately. It's like, that's really rude, dude. Uh, and then he says, reporting from your local mall. He doesn't even say what mall it is. That's not how that works, man. <laughs> yeah, you have to inform people where this thing that you're telling them not to go it's is. It's at your local mall, Sky. Of course. So the Animorphs, having done nothing, have won the day and they follow Nate Lippman out and Axe asks about his commission. And then that's it for that scene. <laughs> so we cut to a different day, I think, because everybody's wearing different stuff. 
and X has been fired because the, the store was everyone's shut down wearing, immediately. Everyone's wearing the same clothes, guy. Are they? Yeah. Oh. Oh, yeah. Melissa's still there. Why is she back at the mall? Because it's the I mall, I guess she man. did ditch Tom, so she's fine now. Yeah. She found out Tom was somewhere else, so she... <laughs> his <laughs> Twitter t- go back to see He tweeted friends. where he was at, so she was like... I, I checked mall. in on Foursquare. Yeah, that's it. But X is sad that he lost his job, but he did steal or buy two uh, fishing toys. Like, remember fishing video games with a reel on it and everything? I remember it, but I don't think I've ever played one. No, because it's dumb. Uh, but he gives one to Jake and Marco, and he doesn't know what they are. And I, I guess the, the guys do, but they never say what it is. At some point, I guess someone was like, hey, um, what if like you took the most boring thing you could possibly do with your time and made it electronic so you didn't <laughs> have to go do it outside? Right. Fishing is boring. And you're really boring. That's true. So, uh, Marco and Jake start squabbling over the silly little video games, and Axe kind of just stares into the middle distance, He's contemplating thinking... how he needs to get the fuck off the planet. Yeah. This is definitely the point where Axe decides he needs to leave in the next few episodes that we, we already covered. <laughs> um, so now, I mean, there's an origin to that. <laughs> and you know what? I don't blame him. I would want to leave this planet, too. Yeah. And that's it. That's the He's end. He's been dicked over too many times. And that's the end of the series. Yeah, well, I mean, before was the end of the series, but that's the end of it for us. Indeed. So, Jacob. What? Uh, what was the most turtle-rific part? When Eric inexplicably turned into a gumball machine for the second time. <laughs> Very uh, good. Yeah, that was pretty great. Why Why wouldn't you just be a teen, dude? I don't know. It, it would have been like fine. He, it's like he got scared and he was like, I'm a gumball machine. <laughs> like, that's it, like... That's his defense mechanism. Well, I guess it worked. Gumball. I'm going to say that the most turtlerific part is the overall plot of putting Yerks in a thing you put to your ear. It's, That's actually a little bit clever. Um, you know, it's, not, it's not, more clever than dropping just dropping a floor out from under people and having them land in a pool. <laughs> a shallow pool. Yeah, well, we don't know it was shallow. We just we, assume it was. We know it was. It probably was. But... Yeah. <laughs> Good job, Team Yerks. Yeah. Um, who was the most likable or effective character? Who was the most effective character? Sky, I'll tell you who was the most effective character. It was Gustav, because he had the foresight to wear yellow-tinted glasses so people <laughs> couldn't tell he was a controller. Effective. <laughs> Boom. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I'm not sure who to give it to. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it to... Uh, Rachel, for knowing when to get her friend out of a bad situation. Uh, that, that works, too, I suppose. Uh, Runner-up. Uh, shit, who was I going to say? Eric. Because <laughs> he was a gumball machine. He literally did nothing. He sure did. I don't know why he was there. He must have been contracted for two episodes. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that's it. Do we need to give a Mendelman Nesbitt award to Tom, do you think? Oh, for being the Mendelmaniest in yep. this episode? <laughs> yeah, he w- the end of this series sure does have a lot of creepins. <laughs> Tobias, Tobias, they got bored with Tobias, so they were like, who else could we get to creep on people? <laughs> yeah. Everyone's already accepted the fact that Tobias is the fucking worst. <laughs> Tobias isn't the fucking worst in the books, right? He's alright. Yeah, he's a, he's a functional and useful member of the team. Yeah. And he doesn't just run away and cry or whatever it is that Tobias and, does. And be a creep. Yeah. Like, he's a, he's a, a well-fleshed-out person. 
Uh, what did you do for a pop culture palate cleanse? Well, I've been I, I've been dreading this all morning, Sky, because I didn't do a whole lot. <laughs> well, uh, I switched shift at work, so I haven't figured out the timing of my life anymore. <laughs> so uh-huh. I uh, haven't really read a whole bunch or watched a whole lot of anything. We watched a few Downtons. We're almost done. There's one more season left, uh, but that's about it. And that even that was sparingly. We've had to slow down because my shift switch. <laughs> uh, but I just bought a bunch of comics, so I'm gonna go read that. Neat. Uh, I don't remember if I've read the Star Wars Beckett comic since the last time we did a pop culture palette cleanser. But let me tell you, Sky, um, I read it, then I saw that it came out later, and it was so boring that I forgot that I had even bought it. <laughs> so yikes! I and then went back to my pile of comics and I was like, oh, I did buy this. And then I flipped through and I was like, oh, I read this. <laughs> it's just all completely gone. Mm. So I I do not recommend Star Wars Beckett. <laughs> okay. I don't even remember who Beckett is. He's uh, Woody Harrelson's character in Solo. Oh, okay. Yeah. He's all right in that, but yeah. this is a boring comic. Yeah. It wasn't well. even bad. It was just boring. <laughs> what about you, Sky? Tell me something about the thing. <laughs> well. I can't help but notice you scrolled down to Sherlock Gnome, so I hope <laughs> that's what it was. No. Um, I got the movie Upgrade, which um, kind of flew under the radar. Like I saw a couple of commercials for it, but... I have not heard anybody talk about it. Um, it's about a guy who uh, likes, who lives in the not too distant future where there's like robot cars and stuff. And um, he uh, watches his wife get murdered. And then he gets par- like the, the killer also turns him into a paraplegic. And then he gets a robot upgrade where it connects his spinal cord with a thing called stem. And he gets the ability to uh, move his limbs again. And then it turns out that STEM has, like, its own intelligence. So this robot chip in his spine helps him solve his wife's murder. It's, uh, it's, a, lot, it's a lot better than you think. It was a very good movie. It would have to be. It's got a lot of twists and turns in it. Um, I also... Shattered Grid ended. Um, the final issue came out. And I am underwhelmed with the ending, but the story overall was really good up until the final book. Because they took their time and they built up all this cool stuff and they got an army of Power Rangers. And then there was just... Oh, shit, we're done. Okay, so this all happens now, and we're, everything's fine. <laughs> Which is not not what I wanted. It, like, it, I, There should have been a lot more story. It just kind of fizzled out at the end, because uh, someone usually, comes back and saves the day. Because usually that's what comics do. Yeah. Oh, fuck. We, we thought we had more books. We thought we had more time. I, I honestly don't remember last time I read, like even when it was really good, like a run of comics where I was like, what a good ending. Yeah, I feel like usually comics like are really good for uh, through the story, and then by the time you get to the end, they're just like, "Well, that's eight. <laughs> so this happened. This happened. The end. Yeah. Oh, all right. Um, I don't know. I've been watching a lot of Bob's Burgers. Uh, yeah, Bob's Burgers is what I watch when I uh, don't want to think about what I want to watch because because it's, <laughs> it's always good, so it yes. doesn't matter. So you don't have to like, you don't have to try and uh, <laughs> or hope. It's just good. <laughs> Yep. And I Very appreciate that about that. Yeah. Like, if you watch The Simpsons, you have to go, well, do I want to watch a newer episode and not be as thrilled? Or do I want to watch an older episode and be reminded of how great it is? Or you just watch Bob's Burgers where it's just a solid A-plus across the board. <laughs> yeah. It does make it easy. Yeah. I feel like I did some other stuff, but I don't remember what it was. But in any event, that will probably do it for this week. And we're done with Animorphs, so we'll be doing a new thing pretty soon. 
But um, someone's getting married, so we're going to take our time for a minute. Yeah. So oh, we don't get interrupted in the middle of a, sh- of a show. Yeah. And Most. also, uh, we were supposed to have a guest on, but we couldn't make our schedules oh, yeah. work. So Say I kind of did like an interview with her in regards to the show. So I'll be either splicing that in or placing it at the end of the, uh, you know, this. So you can hear it. He'll figure it out. Yeah. I hope. Splicing it sounds like a bitch and a half. Yeah. So I'm probably just going to end up putting it in. Um. Yeah, that was Christina Woods. Uh, she's awesome, and she had a lot of insights that were similar to the insights we had. Um, so that it's good she, that we all picked up. How many times did she say "yerk off"? Um, like three or four. Okay, so, so not as many as me, right. but it's still <laughs> enough. That's right. Um, but we do have the next season planned. We'll be watching the reboot, 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 reboot. Um, this will be a first because I haven't watched it ahead. So Jake and I will be on the same ground. You. Like everything that we've watched so far, I have seen before. So this will be not. this will be a new experience. Well, but that'll be fun. I saw most of the Animorphs when it happened. Did You've you? seen them all recently. Like yeah. uh, I saw Turtles when it happened. I saw Animorphs when it happened. But uh, you don't that remember was a stuff. long time ago. Yeah. Yeah, we'll probably we'll be doing a couple of movies in between in a little hiatusy kind of se- sequence season series. More in-between episodes. Um, and we will see you after the wedding and everything gets settled. Yeah. Uh, with then reboot, stuff reboot. For reboot. Reboot! And then after that, who knows? Maybe we'll finally be done with this stupid show. I doubt it, though. Or we'll watch Street Sharks. Maybe. Cowboys of Boo Mesa. <laughs> There's a lot to draw from. Yeah. So Mostly anthropomorphic animals. Yeah. Do you remember the Creepy Crawlers cartoon? Uh, I hadn't until you said that. <laughs> Yeah, that one was pretty weird, too. Where do you think I can watch Mighty Max? I was explaining to Katie what Mighty Max was this morning. That well, shows rules. I know. We were, she was looking at Pilot Pockets, ah. and uh, I was like, do you know Mighty Max? Because her brothers are just a little bit younger than us, so ah. they might have been just on the other side of Mighty Max. Yeah, because there were a lot of small parts. Yeah. Um, and we weren't super old when Mighty Max happened. No. But uh, Rob Paulson does the voice of Mighty Max. Oh, yeah? That. Yeah. I'd like to watch a few episodes of Mighty Max. I don't want to watch a lot of episodes of Mighty Max. <laughs> Norman and Virgil. Yeah. Uh, what a weird show. Or what a weird premise for a show. A magic ball cap. Oh. Open teleportals. You know what I did watch, Sky? Because I had like 20 minutes before it was time to go to bed. <laughs> What's that? Uh, I watched the Food Fight episode of Power Rangers with Punchy <laughs> Pig. <laughs> oh, man. There's so much popcorn in those trash cans. <laughs> there sure is. Uh, it's so dumb, but I really like that episode. Everybody likes that episode. Yeah. Everybody loves Pudgy Pig. It's, for good reason. He's the best uh, villain, and they're they're <laughs> they're throwing an an international food fair, and they <laughs> ma- they make Zach sell the African American food, and Trini sell Asian food. Like it's real racist. <laughs> that could have been by choice. It could have been, but. And then Jason's wearing his, like, sleeveless shirt just selling hamburgers. He doesn't have any shirts with sleeves. Chip. I know, but when you're selling hamburgers, you shouldn't have sleeveless shirt. <laughs> it's a good episode. I like it. Yeah. That, then, that then, design of Pudgy Pig is so good. Uh-huh. And then the and then Principal Chapman, or Kaplan. No, it's Cla- Cap- Kaplan in that. Yeah. He eats that sandwich at the end, and it's that hot radish. <laughs> oh, man. He I eats their s- weapons, Jake. He does, and then he barfs them out later. In smokes of color. Yep. It's a good episode. It's really good. Oh, man. Just a pig circle and a Spartan helmet. Uh, It's so good. I really need to get that Funko. I don't have any of the other (laughs) uh, Power Ranger Funkos, but I want that one. I don't disagree with you on any particular point. 
But yeah. Uh, splice, splice in that sweet interview. Joining us today is our guest who we couldn't make our schedules work with, but I decided to interview her anyhow. Christina Woods. What's up? Hi, Sky. Thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, if, if, I'd, if I'd known when you needed me to record earlier, <laughs> maybe I could have gotten something to work with both you and Jake, but here we are. Here's what's working. Yeah, that's mostly my fault. I'm going to go and take the blame on because... I'm not going to drag uh, you. I, I probably could have said something in the many times that we've spoken in between when we started this podcast and now. But I didn't, and here we are. But Here we are. Because I know that you haven't listened to any of the podcast yet, uh, when I have a guest on, when I, when we have a guest on, but Jake's not here, it's just me. We have a series of questions that we ask them. So, Go for it. First of all, uh, were you a fan of the Animorph book series? Yes. Yes, I definitely was. I don't I don't think I ever read all of them, just because there were, what, like, 60 of them? Even Something like. chapter books. Um, but I read a lot of them, and I mean, like, like any kid who is vaguely into fantasy and sci-fi, I was... Mm-hmm very interested or in the animals. concept of yes or animals i was very interested in the concept of turning into animals to be superheroes yes it is a really rad plot device and it is like the 2 hour window is kind of ingenious and also you're like ah that super sucks yeah uh, and now as a young adult looking at the animorph series i can really appreciate um, what k applegate did with everything about the (laughs) series and how it looks at you know like child soldiers and Mm -hmm. the prices of war and combat and how it totally deconstructs and tears down and then builds a big deal on the foundations of the like the destined children mechanic (laughs) and trope i guess and also the even though i i think i just read like the last like like three chapters of the final book but Mm -hmm. It stuck with me enough that when I went and saw um, the Last Jedi back in December, like in this in the certain <laughs> scene, um, my only thought was ram the blade ship. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, the one where uh, I can't. I can't the soundless one, Holdo. Yeah, uh, purple hair did the thing. Yes. Yep. yep. Laura Dern. I believe you. I just cannot keep that name in my head. It just won't it's stay okay. there. That was a pretty rad moment. Oh yeah. I would say it might be the coolest moment in that movie. Ah! I, I personally think that it's the coolest moment in the movie. And I personally think that uh, Space Angel Jesus Carrie Fisher Princess Leia was the best moment <laughs> in that movie. But uh, but they they both were good moments, and so yeah. I'm I'm comfortable with with not having a top moment shared here. <laughs> Fair enough. But we're uh, not here to talk about Star Wars. Well, I mean, this is kind of adjacent to it. There's a lot of weird aliens and wars and stuff. Yeah. uh, So, I mean, of course, what isn't a little borrowed these days, though? That's Uh, very true. (laughs) So, did you watch this show as a kid? I did not, because uh, real world, uh, real world context here, when... I never had cable growing up. The you're, first time, you're just like me. The first time that I had ready access to cable was when I started going to college. <laughs> <laughs> just because it's like my parents, like, we never really needed cable. Like, yes. if there was something 
that was going to be like big on TV on a cable show. Like we had enough family members who had cable to go over to their houses and watch it. But my brother and I were big book nerds growing up. (laughs) What? We kind of still are. I know. It's such a shocker. (laughs) Yeah, I refuse Um, to believe it. But yeah, we just. You're on a podcast called Lost Library. But I refuse to believe that you like books. Yeah. Um, But yeah, we just never had cable growing up. And so I was aware. Of the Animorphs TV series, once I, like, started, you know, like, being on the internet. <laughs> um, <laughs> sure. But I hadn't seen any of it until uh, yesterday, the day before we were recording this. <laughs> oh, no. That kind of sucks. Yeah, I, I grew up without cable as well. And, like, the books themselves on the, the covers would have little logos saying, Hey, we've got a TV show now. You should watch that. And that was really the only time I ever wanted to have cable and didn't have it because yeah. you don't know what you're missing if you don't have it so it's not a yeah, big that's deal true. though I, I find as an adult i have a lot of like pe- people my age who like oh man remember double dare and like, i don't know what that is i mean i think part of that might be like the fact just like the different age disparities within our friend circles on the internet <laughs> <laughs> yeah really. okay bones crumbling into dust <laughs> huzzah so, uh, did you have a favorite Animorph? I don't... It's been such a long time since I read the books, mm. and since I was a kid reading the books, that I don't really remember. I mean, like, now it would probably have to be either... Um, well, I don't think I could really pick a favorite Animorph, because they all have such good traits. Um... I think that uh, baby Christina, when she was reading these, um, probably liked Tobias a whole lot. But now I'm just like, everyone is good and Tobias is decent. Yes. Um, in the show, Tobias is the worst. He uh, is, a, is a, a little baby who runs away a lot and doesn't contribute enough to the team. Yeah, I could tell by his um, grand total of like five lines that he had in the episode. Uh-huh. And the way he gets the morphing ability back is real dumb. Is it similar to the way that he gets it back in the books where he like time travels back to himself and then he inhabits the hawk that he was acquiring when they first got the hawk morph and then he acquires his human body and then time travels back to the present so now he can morph into his own human form? The weirdest thing is they did partially that story and that is not how he got the ability to morph back instead he picked up a disc that elfengor threw at him and it gave him the ability to morph again yeah i know okay okay yeah i was they did the story where that happens why would okay fine i'm not on the writer's board of this show so that happened. 1998 or 1999. Yeah. So how did you feel? Did you read the David saga? I'm familiar. I, I think I read most of the David saga. Most? There's three books. Well, I, I mean, I read it, but I don't mm-hmm. remember if I like read it like reading a gospel or if it oh. was just like, hey, like I want to read this and just like skip over the psychological torment parts. <laughs> okay, fair enough. So I was, uh, the, the question I usually ask is how you feel about David, and if you, if you still I have a burning hatred for I, him like I do. From what I remember of David, I just have, I don't, 
I think there should have been other options that they, I think they should have explored other options, but I mean, between this and Lost Library, people who are named David are generally just not super good people in fiction, it seems like. (laughs) Specifically in fiction. I don't actually know any Davids in real life. Hmm. Uh, Final normal question is, what morph would you like to try if you were able to morph? Um, Actually, a while ago, uh, Alan posted something on Twitter about, like, oh, like, what two morphs would you have? And I think that mine would be a, uh, like, a screech owl and a grizzly bear. Nice. Because bears are good and fun and they're massive and they can just, like, sit on you to keep you from (laughs) doing bad things, maybe. Potentially. That's not what Rachel did, but yeah. I know. The option was there. I know, but I am not Rachel. (laughs) That's true. Yeah. Uh, Poor Rachel. She got a pretty rough go at the end there. Personally, I... uh, This isn't my answer from the last time I answered it, but I think becoming a mantis shrimp would be pretty rad, because they can see in color spectrums we can't. Oh, yeah. That would be uh, either awesome or incredibly infuriating, because having to go back to my stupid human eyes, I wouldn't be able to see all the cool stuff. Yeah. That is why, um, that's one of the reasons why in my, uh, in one of my Power Rangers teams that I have made, uh, <laughs> one of the Zords is a mantis shrimp. <laughs> that's right. That's the whole aquatic themed team though, right? Yeah, good memory. There was, uh, I feel like a sea turtle mm-hmm. and there's probably a dolphin. Mm-hmm. Actually, no. no dolphins. Oh, that's, that is surprising. Manatee, uh, but not dolphin. Oh, <laughs> it's pretty close, but not at all. I don't remember the others. It's okay. <laughs> um, all right. So uh, we watched uh, the episode The Front, and you took copious notes, as I understand I it. I didn't take... Honestly, my copious notes are a lot of just, like, reactions to things <laughs> that happened. Well, compared like, to one the... Of, one of my notes is just, oh, Marco. <laughs> the amount of notes you take, or you have taken for this one episode are like two to three times the amount of notes we've taken for the entire podcast thus far. So comparatively, they're copious. Hashtag honors kid problems. <laughs> for some reason, X decides that he needs money and wants a boombox, so he gets a job is is what this show is about. Yeah, that's the hook for this episode. And my what I, what I was getting from the episode was that it was because he broke someone's boombox probably jake's and wanted to get him a new one to replace it i mean that does make sense story-wise but that's not what happened at all he was just in the mall as a person for no reason Uh, yeah my my first note is axe is surprisingly white axe is surprisingly white for being a male (laughs) of at least two brown people yeah yeah it's not great in the books they, I remember they specifically mentioned that Axe looked like he could be from anywhere, but that he specifically was not white. So it's just like, mm-hmm. you could have tried at least. He just yeah. looks like teenage Adrian Monk. <laughs> <laughs> you are not wrong. Oh, man. Um, I do, like, the kid who plays Axe does a good job of selling, like, the oh, otherness yeah. of it. Oh, yeah. I really enjoy the way he delivers lines a lot of the time. Um even though it kind of just comes off as maybe on the spectrum. Yes, it definitely. Uh, 
that was definitely what I was getting from some of the portrayal. Like, when there's a guy who comes in and he asks for uh, something to be gift-wrapped. Oh, yeah. And Axe just kind of folds some yes. purple colors over it. And he, he gives him a look wrap, like... He did technically wrap the gift. He did. And the guy looks at him uh, quizzically and is like, yeah, this kid's not quite right. So he doesn't say anything and he just leaves. I'm glad they didn't have it be like a, a blow-up yelling at Axe kind of thing. Because yeah. the guy understood a little and just went about his day. Yeah. Uh, they hadn't invented the can I see your manager haircut yet, so he was safe. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> oh man, what did you think of Axe not being able to tell that his boss was a yerk because he was wearing stupid yellow sunglasses? I think I think that's dumb. <laughs> Although to oh, be fair, man. in the in the, in the books, from what I remember, they really didn't have any way of telling who was a yerk aside from aside from like overhearing them or like with or observing changes in behavior. So like, it's not as unrealistic. Uh, in the book, when Jake got controlled, Axe noticed immediately. Uh, same deal in the show, but Jake wasn't wearing stupid yellow sunglasses. Yeah, because I think I remember that Axe mentioned something about like. Oh, like they like you can see it in their eyes or mm-hmm. something like that. And it's like really, really, <laughs> but yeah. You know what? If that's the if that's your basis, I'm not gonna knock you, Animorphs. <laughs> you did at least establish a criteria for it. I guess that's fair. Yeah. Uh, this the plot that the Yurks have in this episode is probably the most competent and clever plan that they have in the entire series. What did really? you, what did you think of it? Um I guess it makes sense, but one of my notes um that I had was uh was why is was why why is anyone buying cell phones when they have video watches? <laughs> That's true. There's a lady If if watches could be doing like they invented smart watches in nineteen ninety I guess it was ninety nine when this came yeah. out. And it's just like, they invented smartwatches. Who needs a cell phone anymore? <laughs> well, there is that. And also, it was super weird that Gustav couldn't do it. Like, he didn't know how to fix the watch. He was just going to give her another one. You're a, 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 the guy, you run an electronics shop, and you're a yerk. There's two reasons you should know what you're doing, man. In his defense, when working in customer service, as you well know, sometimes <laughs> it's easier just to give the customer what they want, and then they will go away. Yeah, okay. I'll buy that. <laughs> oh, before I forget, um, one of my notes from the beginning of the episode uh, is, pays for boombox. Space music. Like, I don't know why they picked that musical cue for Axe trying to buy a boombox for $2.50. <laughs> Well, the guy said two fifty. He did, and I don't, and I think that's a good. I think that was a good like tack to take because that's something that I imagine a lot of non-native English speakers or non-pretty much any language speakers have is like fighting colloquialisms when yeah. you don't know the language that well. Yeah, idioms become challenging even to people who do speak English. Yes, well, I also that could have... just be vernacular and dialect, but. Yeah. yeah, it's hard. English ain't easy. No, it's not. Um, I also had written down, the harder you work, the more you get paid. And then the parentheses, <laughs> cries. 
Oh, if boy. only that were still true, Jake from 1999. I don't if think it was true, true then. Jake has to explain the concept of jobs to Axe. Yeah. So do Andalites not have to do stuff? They're a very merit- militaristic society. He should understand the concept of a job. Well, yes, but with with him, it's not... From what I remember of the Andalite society from the books, because that is my only point of reference at this point, <laughs> um, it's not as much of a... They don't seem like they really have an economy or commerce. So it might have be. been the money part that was confusing. Like, I guess. like, yes, you have you have a job that you do, and then you just are allotted whatever resources you have, um, whatever resources you have, or whatever resources you need. It's it's a Wednesday. <laughs> you are you are allotted whatever resources you need um, to fulfill your jobs, and then I guess whatever you have extra, you just like work and trade for. That maybe there isn't the intermediary of you know money. So what you're saying is Andalite society is communistic in nature. I mean, it's if, if it's <laughs> communistic, it's definitely a very militarized uh, communistic society. And it's probably more of a meritocracy than anything. But uh, Full disclosure, I don't know what a meritocracy, is that what you, the word was? You, yeah, yeah, meritocracy. You get promoted for doing good things, like... Like, people get, like, field promotions. Like, if you do oh. something really cool in a battle, you get promoted to general, or whatever. Okay. So it's kind of like Buddhism, but in military form? I guess. I'm not really familiar <laughs> with Buddhism, so. Fair enough. Well, the whole crux of it is basically you do good stuff and good stuff happens. Yeah, kind of, I guess. Only with this, it's more like you do good stuff and then you get elevated in society. That does sound more accurate to Andalite life as I understood it from the books as well. It doesn't really at any point come up in the the show. Of course it doesn't. As you'll notice, Axe spent 90% of his time in a people. Yes. You you did get to see the Andalite, which is something that doesn't always happen. That was uh, concerning. (laughs) Um, From the episode that I thought was the front... Um, I was very impressed with how like Visser three looked when like backlit, mm-hmm. but as soon as the light the lighting went to the front, it was like, mm. oh boy. Yeah. Did you, you notice tried. how? <laughs> did you notice how there was no horse half evident? Yes. Yeah. You never see the horse half. I I don't blame them. Horses <laughs> are difficult to try and rig up with costumes, especially if you're going to fit a human in there too. Yeah. Yeah. In one of the first episodes. They paint a horse blue. Like that's part of the of the actual story. Like Cassie morphs a horse and they paint it blue, so they can distract yeah. some or some controllers. And it's they just paint I it mean, from the the legs down, which is hilarious. I was gonna call it the horse's waist, but I don't think that's right. Oh, V three wasn't in this one though. Or um, but you did get to see we a very well lit axe. And yes, you got to see his well his graphic mouth morph. <laughs> yeah, would... they uh, they 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 focus on it so when, much. From this one episode where I think there were a grand total of three morphs shown, like just that from many? that very small sample size. Like, why why didn't a TV show where the whole 
premise of it is built around tr- turning into different things, invest more money in their special effects to turn into different things. Well, the book that I got on this show when I was but a tween or whatever, uh, whatever age you are when you're in fifth or sixth grade. Tween. Tween. Okay. Well, when I was that old, they said that most of the budget went towards the special effects in morphing and that really a preposterous amount of time to get it done like two months worth of work for one morph and we have come a very far away and i don't blame them it's just like it's something where i wonder if maybe like practical effects would have worked better maybe yeah my even even in like like little stages or whatever Yeah. Because, like, look at Jurassic Park. That had a lot of practical effects in it. Look at Star Wars. Also a lot of practical effects. They had the budget to back... Well, maybe not Star Wars they, at the time. They, they both but... did have good budgets. I, yeah. do, I, I do allow for that. But, but yeah, you're right. Time. That Jurassic Park, it still holds up to this day. It Like, especially that scene where the T-Rex has just gotten out and it's looking in the window and the little girl whose name escapes me, she moves the light into its eye and the eye dilates. Yeah. Ah, oh, that's so awesome looking still. Um, but yeah, they don't ever, ever they don't think they time travel to dinosaur times, which would have been so cool to see. But at the same time, it would have been horrible because they wouldn't have had the budget to work with. No, they would not have. Uh, I the thing that I say the most during this uh show that we've been doing is that this would have been so much better served as an animated show. Yes. Because you don't need to worry about real-world logistics when it comes to morphing. And you can have, you know, aliens that aren't crappy puppets. I mean, like, yeah. they have maybe two hork puppets that they use, and you never see them. Okay. They're and in, like, four the, episodes. And, and, and the yurks are just... We went out to the garden and we found some slugs. <laughs> we put them in a cell phone. Uh-huh. Oh, boy. Yeah. Well, they are inconsistent in what they use uh, to represent the the Yurks, because sometimes they'll use the image that they used in the books. Sometimes it'll be a slug, and the size will vary. Would you go back and rewatch all of it? Probably not. I think I would watch, (laughs) like, for the Animorph series, I would watch, like, a best hits, like, like Mm. clip video or whatever, like how people do Vine compilations. Like, I'd watch a best hits clip of Animorphs. Ah, uh, I mean, if it was... If there is one. Not, there's, I don't, there's not a lot to pick from. Like, the the acting is pretty okay. Like, the kids who doing the acting, they are, they care about what they're doing, and they're trying. They just have nothing to work with. Yeah, except that Marco looks like he's 25. <laughs> so does Tom. He yeah. is the oldest man on set, and yeah. it really made me uncomfortable that he was trying to date Melissa. Yeah, which I appreciated because uh, in in what was actually a really really nice scene of uh, of ladies supporting ladies when uh, Rachel went in and like said, like hey Melissa like do you want me to walk you home and she was like yes <laughs> I was like oh good like she clearly doesn't want to be around Tom. Yep, and she decided that she had homework to do yes. and bailed on their date. And the girls and the girl club, the the standard motto for for women everywhere is like, nope, like we we get you out if if you need to get out. And then <laughs> later in the in the bedroom talking about like 
or we, I guess when they were at Melissa's house, just like, oh yeah, like I think Tom's too old for me. It's like, <laughs> yeah, he is. Yeah, <laughs> he is. The the young lady wh- who plays Melissa is probably about the age they're supposed to be playing, whereas the guy playing Tom is like forty three and has a mortgage. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> he he looks so much older than all of those kids, and I don't even know if he's supposed to be in high school in this show. I don't remember. I could do a Google real quick, but I don't remember. Well, like I know the 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 books. He was he was in high school. He's only like two years older than Jake. Yeah. But uh, why why Yerks want teenagers who have no authority over anything is beyond me. Alpha recruit five teenagers with attitude. I guess that worked out for them. But uh, the uh, the episode Jake and I just watched previous to this one. The plan that the Yurks had was there was a dance and they were going to blow up or weaken the floor so that the when the king and queen of swing was announced, all of the kids would tumble into the Yurk pool. And that was the plan. It's not a terrible idea. Well, but it depends it's... on how far these kids have to fall and how many ankles are going to get broken. Because yeah. also stop infesting children. Like, maybe go for their parents or other adults. Yeah. You know, people who have some sort of control in society. So, uh, are there any other highlights of the show you would like to talk about? Uh, my first note when seeing Tom was, who is this dime store Chris Evans? <laughs> oh, man. You know, you're not wrong. Uh, yeah, so I had that note about dime store Chris Evans. Mm-hmm. Um... Uh, I I very much so appreciated that we got to see Cassie, one of the heroines, in sweats. <laughs> because it's like, yes, like you don't have to look good all the time. You can wear sweats and still be a teen protagonist. Yeah, they're kind of true to her character in the regard where she generally is wearing work clothes, like shoes and coveralls sometimes. Um, for the dance, she was very dolled up and she looked very nice. Uh, and she had a nice skirt, like a work casual outfit for school one day but for the most part she is the only one who does stuff like she uh, the girls don't get great defining personalities like really they're kind of interchangeable no idea yeah Yeah. shocking i know because cassie had the what one two lines in this episode i think she had more than marco or not more than marco i think she had more than tobias Oh, that's fine. Tobias can shut up. It's it's pre- preferable if he does. But, like, Cassie's thing is they usually meet at the barn and she's doing chores while everybody else is laying in the loft. Yeah, that sounds about right. Black women get shit done. <laughs> yes! Cassie gets everything done. She's the only one who cares. Like, Marco's cover gets blown and she's the only one who's like, this is a big deal, guys. We should probably do something about this. Yeah. So, uh... I can keep just running through my notes oh, if you sure, just sure, want sure. sound bites. <laughs> Go um, for it. Uh, they morph bats, even though I thought they were talking about needing to go acquire some bats. Um, and then they mentioned that they someone said, I don't remember if it's Jake or Marco, so something about sonar being a sense. Yep. It's like echolocation and sonar are not a separate sense from hearing. Nope. I'm pretty sure they're not. <laughs> Although in their defense, I mean, they're it's... both dumb boys. So like... Yeah, and Good, they're dumb. not the a- yeah they're not the animal person. That's Cassie, but still, 
echolocation it's based off sound so you use your ears for that yeah yeah i understand your brain is processing it a little different but um when marco blows their cover when they are uh morphed as bats and investigating the cell phones i think they reuse the same (laughs) let's ineffectually wave our flashlights around to just to try and figure out what's in here i think they reused that shot about five times in the course of about 30 seconds (laughs) they did also um, it didn't come up because they kept saying shoot and not actually doing it. But those flashlights, those are the Dracon beams. Really? Yeah. Wow. They're dual purposed. Okay. <laughs> At some point, uh, when Axe has someone else come in to get a present and he has to wrap it up for them, my note says, Aw, Axe's wrapping got better. Who taught him how to wrap presents? <laughs> maybe Gustav got too many complaints. Or maybe he was just... Well, he- rolling through wrapping paper too fast. He's like, how are you doing this? Let me show you how to do it. Well, yeah, but then that, then that begs the question of, did did the Yurk-possessing Gustav have to teach Axe how to wrap presents? <laughs> when the Yurk, in theory, does not know what wrapping presents is either. <laughs> well, they're supposed to have access to the host's memories, but canonically in this show, they don't, they don't bother with that. They don't that a whole lot. So, yeah. So that's an excellent question. We'll never know. <laughs> never will. I miss how in the books they didn't talk about Yerks and controllers at a controller-owned business where the only non-Animorph employee is a controller out in the middle of the <laughs> open in broad daylight at the mall. <laughs> yes. It's like they, this happens and then Jake and Marco just come in and they meet Axon. Jake and Axe is like, Prince Jake! And Jake is like, we need to find the controllers! And everyone here just like, Jesus, boys! Yeah. Uh, the thing that bugs me the most is they say yerked instead of infested. So, at some point, Marco says, so Tom got Chapman's permission to yerk Melissa. Oh, that's not a good read. It is. Phew. Guys. T- a second pass. Just one more. And you're like, oh, it kind of sounds real sexual there. And yes. Tom is like 50. Yeah. So maybe, maybe, maybe rewrite that. No? Cool. Yeah. Immediately following that, my note is Marco was standing very close to Jake. <laughs> he always does. I didn't know if that was normal or not. Well, a little. They're, they're generally very close together. And also... Did you? How would you think of Marco's list of things he likes of the mall, the mall, the mall? And I guess girls? I think my note was like, that's very heterosexual of you, Marco. <laughs> yeah. Though, in the dance episode, he does dance with Axe. And only Aww. Axe. Because Tobias and Rachel and Cassie and Jake pair up. And then we only see, like, first there's a little bit of a gay panic thing. Where Marco tells Axe, don't even think about it. And then he's like, eh, whatever. And then he grabs his hand and they, holds his, they hold hands out yeah. to the dance floor. It's really cute. I'm <clears> glad <throat> that they did carry over at least some parts of Marco's uh, characterization from the books. Because like at the end, when, when Axe is like, I got you guys these hand-crank-powered label makers! Or whatever <laughs> those gadgets were supposed to be. I and think how... they were handheld fishing games? Maybe, they had the okay. little reel on the side? Okay, that would make sense. But whatever they are, um, when uh, I like how like they bo- the boys are just like, okay, Axe got us this thing. 
it's cool. And then Marco noticed that Axe was sad about that. And then was like, no, hey, Jake, I want that one. And then they were squabbling to make Axe feel better about the presents. And I was like, I'm glad that Marco was emotionally intelligent enough to have that realization in the show. Sometimes he does have some moments. Yes, um, he does. The The gentleman who plays Marco, I forget his name. Uh, but he does a great job. Like, again, he doesn't always have the best material to work with, but yeah. the the actor is, is trying his best, and he's elevating the material, because he's got charisma, which is nice, because mm-hmm. Tobias is a black hole. Of... Yes, and Marco <laughs> definitely put all his stats in charisma. <laughs> oh, my notes. Uh, thank God for Rachel and the girl's code, for when <laughs> Melissa clearly did not want to be there. Yes. When Rachel gets the yerk out of Melissa's cell phone, why does she flush it down the toilet and not squish it? Like, flushing- I can't imagine that flushing it would kill a yerk by any standard, whether it's in the TV show or in the books. Uh, my next note after that is, uh, Eric is the most 90s-ass kid ever. <laughs> I thought it was odd that when he's hiding from Gustav in hologram form, he decided to become a gumball machine rather than an innocuous- stack of boxes or something because he's so good at hiding yeah he's so good at hiding <laughs> um my next note is i can't believe that acts weaponize investigative television reporting <laughs> i can't believe that the television reporter guy comes in and explicitly says we should shut this store down that seems very bold a stance to take and then it happened immediately yeah i mean I don't blame them, because if I was in a store and I saw a slug coming out of a cell phone, I would leave too. (laughs) But at the same time, it made me very happy, because, like, growing up, one of the local TV stations had, um, I mean, he's still doing it, um, a really, I guess you could say persistent investigative reporter who would go out and, (laughs) and he would go out and investigate things like this guy in Animorphs did. And so I was like, okay, like, that's something that I would genuinely not have considered. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like, hey, have someone come in to do, have someone come in to actually, like, investigate this. And this th- that was a very clever way to show to a lot of people at the same time, like, what's going on with these cell phones? So, yeah. like, that was a brilliant piece of thinking on Axe's part. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's pretty good at problem solving in Sometimes. this episode. <laughs> Did Axe steal the fishing toys? Did he steal those? Or did the or did Gustav Yerk just be like, nope, just I don't care anymore. <laughs> Take everything. Honestly, I feel like any of those options are likely. Because uh, like if Jake he walked I... out with if he if he walked out with the fishing toys, why didn't he just walk out with a boombox? <laughs> Maybe it was a different store? Because there were other people that worked at that store. Oh yeah, that's true. What has been made unclear is you, you saw them, well, yeah, but, like, you saw Axe morph his clothes, right? Yes. Right. So, we are unaware about the rules about how you can morph stuff, because at one point, Jake morphs, and he has, like, sunflower seeds in his pocket, and Marco's a rat, and he finds them in there. As in you, as in you and Jake don't know? Because I, I do remember what those rules are. Well, we know what the rules are supposed to be, oh, okay. but in the show, oh, yeah, in they're, the show. they play yeah. very fast and loose. Yeah. So like, I, I actually, the episode that I watched, I think was the probably the first part of that 
of that sh- of the episode that you guys just covered, the one mm-hmm. with the dance. Yes. Because it was the one where it started off with like Jake and Marco in some kind of science museum. Yes. And then they morphed back into sweatpants. And yep. I was like, that's not how that works. <laughs> He's like, oh, well, I have a camera. But then he can't morph back with the camera, even though he had the camera in his pocket when he morphed from Homer the dog. That's right. Uh, what's even weirder is Axe, when he acquired the four kids' DNA to become the Axe the people, uh, he also acquired their clothes. So he morphed clothes out of nowhere. I'm not sure where the, the where it came from, but he had it. And he morphed to people and he had cash in his pocket. So we don't know if he can just manifest cash. Jeez. Uh, or what happens to it when he demorphs, because... This is, I don't use this lightly, but this is even less internal <laughs> consistency than Power Rangers. <laughs> Is that matter coming from his body? Like, is he a little bit shorter every time he manifests cash and deals it out? And how does he, like, how does he know to, does he have to make a decision to physically morph part of his existence, part of his matter into cash? Right. Like, where does, why are why is there hoodie DNA? Like, why, why can he morph a hoodie? I don't understand. There's no rhyme or reason to it, and they don't make any attempt to explain it, so I don't know why I'm stressing out about it, but. I just thought you would like to know. <laughs> Thank you. Um, my last note is that Axe has an internal monologue and stares off into the middle distance while Jake and Marco <laughs> squabble over the gadgets. Yeah. He, Axe just completely dissociates from what's happening around him while he thinks about things that he likes, including hamburgers. Well, that that's more on character with book Axe than... Yeah, I just I just thought it was funny that it was just like like a slow like a slow (laughs) zoom out from Axis. He just like sits at the table and just stares and and has his mom like yes oh yes I do like certain things like hamburgers. Mm -hmm. Just like okay yeah cool you like hamburgers good for you I think. Yeah, he never he never just crushed like a tray of cinnabons like I wanted to see him do. Aw, just very disappointing. Um. But yeah, it, it, was, it was a strange episode. So we do a thing at the end of every episode. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a carry. <laughs> the terminology is a carryover from the Ninja Turtles season that we watched. Uh, where you- I'll ask you, what is the most turtle-rific part? That can be either the worst or the best part. Um, I mean. If I had to pick a best part, it would probably be when Rachel rescued Melissa <laughs> from Tom, because good to know that that is still, that that always has been and always will be a thing, both in <laughs> fiction and in real life. But if I had to pick just like the absolute silliest part, it would be the part where Axe is paying for the boombox at first with $2.50. <laughs> and as he's handing over the money, the like just the ridiculous... 90s space music plays with every coin that's deposited and as the clerk grows more and more confused. Yeah, that was pretty great. Also, I guess he must have manifested those coins? Because he, he had exact change. Well... So many questions. He, he almost had exact change. Well, for the amount that he was told he needed to have, he had. Yes. The, the letter of the law he covered. Yes. Uh... So, who was the most likable or effective carrier 
or character in the episode? I guess effective would probably be, I guess, arguably be Axe. Because he did weaponize TV <laughs> reporters to defeat the Yerks in this case. Um, but most likable, I I honestly don't know if I can pick one just because I feel like I saw so little of their personalities. <laughs> You'll never see more of it. It's fine. They don't really get personalities. Yeah, I didn't think so. Uh, but yeah, that's why it's likable or effective. <laughs> because yeah, so you don't effective. always get both. <laughs> Um, and then, uh, the last question is what you did for a pop culture palate cleanse to wash the taste of this terrible show out of your mouth. Um, well, I think last night, like pretty immediately after watching this, I had to go down and pack my lunch for work. <laughs> and while I do that, I honestly like to put on, um, episodes of Date Me Damn It. I'm not familiar. Uh, Date Me Damn It, uh, is a series of i guess it's like actual plays um or like video game playthroughs i don't know what they're called anymore but the ones <laughs> where people go on youtube and they play games sure um and but it is uh annie, let's plays yeah i guess it's a let's play um but it's annie kitten mac from okay. the gem jam yeah. slash crooked russian cam um playing bad dating sims <laughs> that does and sound they, delightful it is delightful. Um, they just got done with playing a game called Seduce Me, the Otome, <laughs> um, which is oh, where Japan. you have to play a character who has to date um, a succubus. Okay. Well, who has to, who has to pick someone to date, and the context is demons and succubi and incubi are all real, and uh, Annie Kitten Mac did an absolutely fantastic job with this playthrough, and... <laughs> Yeah, hi guys. Um, this is me confessing to being the reason why you guys have had probably a giant viewing spike in your videos because it's just really nice to put on and listen to. I haven't listened to a lot of the Gem Jam, but I've been listening to the Spell Jammer. Gem Jammer. Gem Jammer. Which is also fantastic. The Spell Jammer is an actual thing. In D yes, yeah. Okay. Spell Jammer is a setting. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But there's so many titles that is... are floating around in my head. It's hard to keep them all straight yes. sometimes. Tell me about it. <laughs> but yeah, Date Me Damn It is very good, and I would very highly recommend it. Yes. They have they have a jar that they use to keep track of how many times they have to say sexual energy. <laughs> I bet it's a lot. It's it, it's very good. It's very good. Oh, I bet that carries over a, to a lot of games, too. But I, I hope they're going to continue it. I'm very yeah. curious to see what they do next Neat. for Date Me Damn It, because <laughs> I'm sure it's going to be good. Well... They're a pretty good creative team, so I'm sure they'll have oh, something yeah. in the chamber. Yeah, they're pretty good. <laughs> so, uh, thank you very much for joining me, Christina. It was very lovely to have you, even though it's not the regular <laughs> setting. Maybe we'll have you back. We're going to be doing the Reboot Reboot. Uh, you remember Reboot? No. It was uh, an entirely CG cartoon uh, set inside of a computer back when nobody knew what computers were what what the, or what the internet on? was. Um, it had Bob the Guardian and Dot and Enzo. What network? Like, what TV network? Oh. Was it on, like, WB? Was it on, like... I feel like it was on ABC in the mornings on Saturdays, back when that was a thing. Okay. I'm not familiar with that. It sounds a little bit like Cyber Chase, which I am familiar with. Oh, I am not, but conversely. That was PBS. 
Ah. Um, but yeah, so I'm not familiar with Reboot. <laughs> okay. Well, we're doing a Reboot Reboot after this. Uh, I also um... wasn't familiar with Animorphs, but here I am. Oh, yeah, yeah there you go. <laughs> and we probably aren't going to run out of terrible things to watch, so if you ever oh, want to come back, I'd be more than happy to have you back. I would love to come back on at some point. Sweet. So, uh, why don't you tell us all of the places where we can find you on all of the interwebs? Okay, uh, this isn't... Usually, I'm not put in this position. So, <laughs> go ahead and take a drink of water, Sky. <laughs> or whatever you got, if, you're, if, you, need a, if you need a drink break. <laughs> um... I can be found, um, for the most part, um, I've got a whole bunch of different social media, but I'm probably the most active and reachable on my Twitter, which is at cwoodsart. Um, I also have Tumblr and Instagram. Both of those are Christina Woods Art. Um, as far as other podcasts go, um, obviously I'm here on Pop Culture Failure, um, but I have my own podcast, which is The Home for Wayward OCs, where we talk about our original characters, the good, the bad, and the self-inserts. Uh, Sky <laughs> has been on that show. Um, we had a really good episode talking about Nightlight, yeah. um, one of his original characters. And, uh, and he covered all three of those options, because he's probably yes. the, the, the one that I've had the <laughs> longest. Um, but aside from that, um, I've been on a couple of other podcasts. Um, I know I've been on Fifth Draw Wild, but I, I don't think I've been on any of others. I'm always down to be on podcasts, um, but <laughs> my other main podcast squeeze at this point is um, being on is being on the Lost Library's uh, Grayscale campaign, which is a Monster of the Week tabletop game. Um, where I play Ashley Adario, who is a very good uh, field hockey kid. Uh, and I am, uh, I'm also kind of one of, I'm also one of the three artists for the show, so a lot, if you see something, some kind of art going up for the show, chances are that I probably drew it. Um, I'm not alone in that art capacity, though. Emma and, Emma and Alice also do work with it, so. Nice. Uh, but that's, I guess, about everywhere that you can find me, um, at least on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> Good enough. Well, it's very long-winded. <laughs> well, when you have a lot of stuff going on, there's no way to avoid it. Ain't that the truth. That's why I only have the one podcast and also uh, lazy. So thank you very much, Christina, for joining us. It was a pleasure having you on, and hopefully we can have you back on for a real episode sometime. Thank you. I would definitely be down for that. I did it. Okay, now we're back from that. <laughs> now we're done, right? Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. So, uh, thank you guys very much for listening and sticking with us through another stupid series. Uh, this one was a lot of fun. We probably should have tried to reach out to Sean Ashmore more, but we didn't. And now it's too late. But maybe we will. But if you know Sean Ashmore, send him our he, way. He's liked a, a lot of our tweets, but he hasn't actually responded to them. So, whatevs. It's cool. But, Sean, I know you're listening. Yeah. Because you keep a close eye on Animorphs, I assume. Yeah. Uh, if you want to come on, that'd be great. Um... But yeah, so we will see you guys soon. You can email the show at popculturefailure at gmail.com. You can follow us on the Twitter at failedpopculture with no E at the end. You can follow me. I am at Sandwich Surplus. I'm at Midwest Love Affair. And we will see you soon with some new stuff. And uh, look at one of those Twitters. I'll put that gross picture of Axe on there. <laughs> His mouth is so gross. I don't know why they keep doing it. I'm glad we don't have to watch it anymore. We're done. It's Woo! over. Goodbye. Bye.